0: Erev Tav, continuing our journey, Masakat Rosh Hashanah, now in Daf, Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph, the bottom of the Daf. we're talking about the ten travelings of the exile of Sanhedrin. Uh, so, the initial place where Sanhedrin originally was, so we're now in the last line, says So, we said that 10, ten travelings, ten Masaot, had the Shechina from Betamikdash on top of the Kaporet all the way back to heavens to where it came from. And as opposed to that, or, or parallel to that, the Sanhedrin was exiled, and that we learned from a heritage of Toshavah Gemara. and the Gemara now elaborates Milishkat Hagazit. So originally, Sanhedrin was sitting in Lishkat Hagazit, which is the original room for the Sanhedrin um, in the area of Bet Mikdash. So Milishkat Hagazit Lechanut to a place called Chanut, another room, side room, uh, in the same area. Chanut LeYerushalayim um and from that specific from, from that room called khanut from Jerusalem to the city of Jerusalem Jerusalem to Yavneh to the city of Yavne, then Yavneh to Khameid Yavne to the story of Beohar and Zakai and from Yavneh to Usha to a place called Usha and UmeUsha Usha to Yavneh back to Yavneh again and from Usha and MeUsha Usha to Shepharam and names Shepharam the places um and again it's just, uh, there's probably a lot of stories behind those places. And uh, Sanhedrin traveled a lot. <laughs> these places were in the era of Rebi. Beit a place called Tzipori in the Galil. another place in the Galil. It's a place that, well-known city in Israel. And <laughs> Amukami So Tveriah Amukami Kulam, it's the deepest of them all, or the lowest of them all. Uh, which Rashi explains it's so not literally necessarily, but mo- more even more metaphorically. When Sanhedrin reached Tveria, that was the bottom of the barrel for them. Okay, that was the lowest they ever got. And Mishanemar um, uh, Veshafat Meeret, Pasuk says, and you were lowered, uh, you, you were lowered, lowered. Uh then the then, uh, Eretz, then the ground. Okay. So that's one version of the travelings of the exile of the Sanhedrin. Rabiel Azaromer galut. So the Sanhedrin was actually traveling six times, six trips on its exile, Ki it's a in Yeshaya. So the passage says um, Yashpilena, yashpila ad eretz, ad Afa. So we'll quickly translate it. I'll do my best with my fancy English. Ki So he, referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, heshach meaning to bend something down. Okay, to lower something. Yushon. Okay, by the way, Shiach is also a pit. Okay, so he bent them down. Marom. He bent who exactly? Marom. People who used to sit on a, on a very high ground. Kiryanis Gava, a city that was again that was on on a high ground. Yashpilena. He lowered it down. Yashpila. So the words Heshach, like to lower down. Another time, so he lowered it down, or humiliated it. So he lowered it down to earth, to, to the ground. So he, again, he brought it down to the actual, to the sand, to the sand, to the dirt. Okay? So that's, in this passage, there's a lot of terms, a lot of words describing, slowing something down. And Rashi, so Rashi is counting all um, all of the all of the words in the Pasuk to refer to all, to resemble all the uh, travelings of exiles. So if you see Rashi in Dibbomot HaShash Galut, he says six Galuyot, six exiles. Heshach, the word Heshach in the Pasuk is one of them. Yashpilena is the second, Trey. Yashpila, right after that, it's tlaat, it's three. Ad Eretz, Arba, so Yashpilena is not just Yashpilena, Yashpilena, all the way uh, down to the ground right? So that, that's the fourth one. Yagi'ena, chamisha, ad afar, shesh. So the word Yagi'ena <inaudible> brought it all the way to Mamash, the sand and the dirt. Uh, that's six, six lowering, six lowering down um, actions. Okay. Okay. B'Shalidu um, Gamur. Interesting question, just when we, re- so so according to Rabbi Lazar, there was actually only six trips of exile for the Sanhedrin. And the question that one should ask is, excuse me? So we just said that according to one opinion, there were 10, and now comes Rabbi Elazar, and he learns that, and, and he, learns, he, he learns like a hint, a remez from a pasuk, and he, he's, he has another version or another heritage Masoret, that in fact, there were only six exile trips for the Sanhedrin. So again, two versions. One, I think, should ask. Wait a minute! Isn't that just facts? I mean, did they have six or did they have ten? So I, I think the Mahlokat is more. I mean, there was a there was a masoret. How do you say masoret? Heritage, tradition. There was a. They had a, two different traditions, um, but I, I, I guess the, the the point of Mahlokat was. How many of them count? It's just like the discussion on how many mitzvot we have. So everyone agrees that we have 613 mitzvot, but everyone agrees that there is way more than 613. There's only a question of which one counts to the prestigious club of 613. So just like so here, which ones of the trips of the exiles count to the trips that the Sanhedrin had? Okay, and for that we have two traditions. Um, however, the last one in the lower one was Tveria and Amara Biochanan. So from the lowest point they ever had from Tiveria, that's where their the, the redemption should come right? So again, Pasuk in Yeshaya, Itnari, this is the inspiration for the for the song of Lecha And it says, Itnari me'afar, so from the Afar, right? Remember, Afar was the last word of the Pasuk, the lowest place that they ever got to. And from that place, shake off that Afar, that dirt from your body, and then rise and sit down, and again, rise up from the ashes and sit down on your throne. Um, meaning, this is the uh, Geulah from the lowest point. This starts the Geulah. Okay. Mishnah Matnitin Amar Rabbi Yosha Ben Kocha. So Rabbi Yishab Ben Kocha says, Zot Itkin Ben There was another Takanah, another enactment by Rabbi Yohanan Ben Zakkai, that even if the rosh Bet, the head of the, the, the Jewish High Court, the bedin. Is traveling around and is not in the actual place that we call Makom Havad, the place where the place of assembly of Sanhedrin. So let's say he's traveling; he's somewhere else. So Rosh Makom So the witnesses for the Kiddush HaChodesh they shall not be going anywhere else than the Makom Havad, the actual place where Sanhedrin is sit and, and, and judge. And regardless of where the head of the Sanhedrin, the head of the Beis Din, is at the moment. Okay? So that's the kana kind of Rabbi Yishob and of, of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And we'll see now the Gemara is, is referring to that. The Gemara is explaining and bringing us a, a story to, to teach us that, that this principle only applies to the edut, to the testimony of Kiddush HaKodesh, but not to other uh, court cases. Okay? As we'll see, the Gemara says right away, mm-hmm. So there was that woman who, were, who was charged or was asked, summoned for Beydin, because there was a case, she was uh, summoned to, um, uh, to be charged, uh, in front of or before Amemar, the Beydin of Amemar, who was the head of the Beidin, in a place called Naharda, which is a place in Bavell. Azal Le Mechosa. Ameymar left that place, so he did not stay with, the, with, with this based-in uh, geographically, and he left to another place in Bavel Mechosa. Velo Azla Batre. So the woman who was actually supposed to go there and, 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 uh, uh, and be judged by a, by the uh, Ameimar's based-in, she did not follow Ameimar all the way to Mechosa. She stayed in a hard day. Katav B'ticha Ilava. So Ameimar wrote a... So he sort of, he declared a cherem that she would be, how do you say a ex-communication. excommunication. Excommunication. Oh, excommunication, cool. So she was actually cast out of the community, and she would not be let into the shul, right? And in other, in others, in other spaces, communal spaces, No one should inter- no one should communicate with her, right? So he was definitely angry with her not following him. Obviously he thought she should have, and Ravashi challenges Amemar doing that, and he says, wait a minute, the oh, Anant we didn't we just learn in the Mishnah, the Mishnah teaches that even if the Rosh, the head of the Bidin, is leaving the place of the Bidin, that the witnesses should only go to the place where the Bidin assemble, which is not following you, so she was doing the right thing, she didn't have to follow you, she went to your Bidin back in Ahadah, responds. that principle only that rule only applies for a Chodesh regarding the testimony of Duta Chodesh because if you require the eidim to follow the Rosh Baidin wherever he goes uh, then that might be sometimes really really disturbing and a schlep and people won't do that and people will not come to testify next time um, because they're going to have to follow the Rosh rules, So the Beidin used to assemble, sit down and assemble from a place that's yeah, it's real, reasonably uh, accessible for a lot of people. So that place, people would come to uh, to testify. Uh, but, but following the, the Rosh Beidin, they just won't. And if you require that, they will not come to testify. That's why Chachamim, uh, Rabbi Yoham el made an enactment. But otherwise, al of in our case... She, you know, she was, uh, so whatever, that was a monetary case. So there's a principle of if you owe someone money, you're, it's as if you're uh, his slave to some extent, meaning you owe him. And when you owe him, um, there are aspects of uh, slavery to that. Uh, Okay, and you would have to go and travel to the Beit Din and uh, have to suffer, go through a lot of bureaucracy and pain and headache uh, to to resolve that issue. Okay, and and therefore she should have followed me and that's why I uh, excommunicated her from the community. Okay. Oh, excommunication coming from the word community. Now I get it. Okay. Tana Rabana, there's a price on that. The Gemara says... So the Kohanim are not allowed when they, when they go duchaning, when they go, say, the Birka's Kohanim, they're not allowed to go with, to wear their sandals, i.e. they should be barefoot, uh, just like the Kohanim today. Not sure they had socks. Definitely not colorful like they have in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was an enactment. So now says the bride says, Rabbi ben Zakai." So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai had uh, or is known to have made uh, to have established uh, nine enactments, takanot um, uh, named after Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai. Okay, which were Omer at the Shit pirka. Six of them shit from the word shesh because the letters taf and shin swap usually in Aramaic and Hebrew. The, so six of them, six of the nine, the high pirka that were mentioned in our Perik. Right? In our Perak of Masachat Rosh Hashanah. And Rashi there just briefly counts them all that we've been discussing them previously. Um, chada high first one is this one that we were mentioning now, it's in this Perik. The Chamesh, the Matnitin, and first previously in the Mishnah, Hetkin you took in uh Vish so that the, they would they would uh they would blow the shofar in the based din, Veshe Yelulav even if it's on Shabbas, She Lulav Nital Shiva, so Lulav would be uh taken and Nital in, in Besamigdash all seven days, Sheyom Hinef Kuluasub, Veshey you, Mekablin, Kol Hayom, and they would be uh, accepting the edim of Dutta Khodesh the whole day. Shlo yedim Adim Alchemel Komavad, the one we just mentioned in that uh, Mishnah. And the sandals, right? Of course, that was the first one. And then the, the Gemara says, so that was six that we previously mentioned. And one of them was mentioned in the first She And again, the one we discussed previously was, So the Eidim should not be Shabbos coming to Beis Din, uh, only on Tishrei and Nisan. That, that was another enactment of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Okay? In the first Perak. Okay? And then so how many we have? Seven. We need to count two more, right? Uh Slicha. Seven. Yeah, so eight and nine. So idach, the eighth one is the Tane, as the Braissa says, Gayer, Rova Lekino. So um, if anyone converts, there's a few things that they they have to do. One of them is milah, if they're males uh, one of them is Tvila to uh, immerse in the mikveh, uh, kapalat mitzvot, and then there's another thing that they need hasad adam. They need to be, uh, they need some blood to be uh, sprinkled on them, just like when Am Yisrael were all converted in al Sinai Barashavot, and the garis. So uh, Moshe sort of. Uh, down okay? so he, he uh, the blood of, a, of 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 a korban on Am I guess he did not reach you know the farthest people, but again that was a, that was a part of the of the ritual so um so they should have that blood sprinkle on them, and for that Ritual, they would have to bring in korban ola, like a, a birds, uh, which are called a ken. A ken is a nest, which means a korban consists of, of, of birds. Okay? Korban ola. So if someone would convert, they would have to bring that. But bazmana ze ger shinit azze, there's no to They couldn't bring that ken, that korban of, of birds, korban ola. So they should at least put some money aside save it for the korban, Bezrat Hashem and Bet Hamikdash will be built so that they should be, be able to bring that korban. Okay, so if they cannot bring that korban, they should at least you know, put that money to the side. Okay, so that was... Uh, so that was original, uh, an original uh, halacha. Rabbi Shimon ben Azaromir, Kvaranimna leh. Rabbi Yochanan, assembled the Beis Din and can nullified that halacha. Mi Hatakala why? Because it, it led to some unfortunate. How to say takallah. So uh, some 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 heavy mistakes were made. Because imagine you set some money aside for a korban. This money is actually is, is now is now holy. It's now kadosh. So you can You're not allowed to enjoy that money. to Benefit from that money. Otherwise, it would be a, pro, a violation of. It would be a prohibition of meila. All right, because you're not allowed to benefit from anything that belongs to beta Mikdash from a Hekdash. So, you know, you put that money aside, beta Amikdash is not rebuilt and then, you know, one might use that money in a wrong way. Any way you're going to use it is the wrong way, obviously, because there's no Beit Amikdash. and uh, to, to prevent that uh, from happening, Rabbi Yochanan says, you know what, never mind. You want to convert? Do everything else and leave that, don't, don't put that money aside. Never mind the, the Korban Allah. If Bet Amikdash is rebuilt in your life, you're gonna do it uh, later on. Okay. Uh, so that's the eighth takana of Rabbi Yohan ben Zakkai. Ve'idach, and the ninth one is actually a machloket. It had to be a machloket. Which one is the ninth one? Okay. So idach plukta de Rav Papa veRav Nachman bar Yitzchak. So each one of them says it it wasn't actually the, the ninth one. You know, there's a machloket. Which one it was? So Rav Papa Amar Kerem revai so the Kerem is actually the Netarevai, or Kerem Revai, or Neta revai, Um is, the, I think we've probably discussed this in this Maseret. So every every time one, you know, one plants a tree. So the first three years of the tree, it's called Orla. We're not allowed to use it. Uh, never. not going to discuss the reason now. And then the fourth year... It's you are allowed to enjoy it, but it's not completely yours. In other words, you're gonna to have to take the fruits to the to Yerushalayim and eat them in Yerushalayim, uh, and praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu for uh, the beautiful tree that's begun make make proper fruits. Okay. So, and we'll discuss them. We'll discuss the takana in a minute, and and now the lashon uh, shel zori. It was this, the the um, the string of the, the red string that they would tie. Uh, I mean, they would cut in half and they would tie one end on the horns of Seirah Mishtereach, the uh, goat that they actually sent uh, on Yom Kippur to the to the desert, and the other half they would tie somewhere in Beit Hamikdash, and that was red. And then when Hakadosh Baruch Hu would forgive all our sins, um, it would turn white. That was a very very uh, that was an amazing ceremony, very inspiring and uh, very happy moment for Am Yisrael. So. There was a machloket, um Each one says that the Takhana of Rabbi Yoham re- relates to one of those things, whether it's the Kerem Ravai or the Lashon Shel Zahorit. Let's see the stories. So, uh, Rav Papa Kerem Ravai as the... as the I think it's a Mishnah. As the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, Kerem Ravai haya ole Yerushalayim mahalach yom lekol tzad. Okay? So, Kerem So People will have to bring the actual fruits of Ravai to Yerushalayim to eat them in Yerushalayim to enjoy them and and and, and be happy and joy and have joy in Yerushalayim, right? So how long do you have to schlep your fruits? Uh, uh, yeah, how, how long? So the, so there was a halakha saying that you only have to schlep the fruit uh, if you're if you're one walk, one day of walking distance. Uh, from Yerushalayim, okay, each direction. So then you would have to bring the fruit. If you live farther than this, farther away from Yerushalayim, then you don't have to strap the fruits. Uh, You can um, redeem the fruit with money, take the money to Yerushalayim, buy, buy food in Yerushalayim with that money, and then eat that in Yerushalayim. Okay, so you don't have to bring the actual fruits. Okay, so the fruits of Netta had to go. The actual fruit had to actually go to Yerushalayim. Mahalach calls that only if you leave a walking day day walking distance to each direction. And this is the actual, you know, we're going to give you some of the examples of the actual places. Again, how far did it actually go? So, Elat min Hadarom, and I find it hard to believe that was the Elat of today because it's more than one day walking distance. So, I guess there was another place called Elat. Akravat min Hatzafon, Lud min Hama Arav, min Amizrah. So, a place called Akravat from, uh, from the north, Lud from uh, the, the uh, west side to Yerushalayim towards the Mediterranean Sea, and Jordan from the east. So we, in that perimeter, you should you have to bring your fruit, take your fruit to Yerushalayim. Right. And Ulah said, um, or maybe another version that was actually Rababar Ula. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Ma by the way, why did the people in that in that area had to bring their actual fruit to Yerushalayim and they were not supposed to or not allowed to redeem them and just bring the money? Yerushalayim because Chachamim, they wanted... To have Yerushalayim full of fruit because it's, uh, it adds a lot of beauty to a city that the markets and the streets are full with, with beautiful, beautiful fruits. Okay, it adds a lot. Um, it's just interesting to see that Chachamim really took seriously... Um, the beauty of the city of Yerushalayim it was. It's not the only place that, that that Chachamim actually are talking and trying to make the city clean, okay, clean and beautiful. Okay, now and then Kerem Reva'i Hayalo LeRabi So, if that's Yerushalayim, you go all the way to the west to Lod. So in the east of Lod, which is inside that area, he had a karim Revai. Rabbi had a karim Revai. So it's, he was supposed to take the first to Yerushalayim. So he did not want to go all the way, to step all the way to Jerusalem um, And he says, okay, you know what? I'm not going to have it. I'm going to just... I'm going to just, just leave it there as it is and I'm not going to touch it and I'm not going to enjoy it. The poor people will... Because he didn't want to slap it all the way to Yerushalayim, because he understood that he should have. Amrulot and his students told him, his Talmudim told him, Rabbi. So your friends already uh, again assembled and nullified that takana. Okay, uh, nullify that takana, because again, since Yerushalayim is no, you know, the Beit is no longer there, and Yerushalayim is destroyed. Then there's no there's no point in making Jerusalem beautiful, bringing all the fruit to the Jerusalem if, if uh, there's nothing to make beautiful. There's nothing there. Um, so there, therefore, you don't have to stop them. You can uh, you, you you can let's say you, you can redeem you can redeem the the money or oh, redeem the fruits uh, with money. Okay, so that's one. Uh, 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 so who are the friends who nullify this halacha? Says, Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakai, so that enactment, that. So, in other words, according to Rav Papa, Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakai, nullified the of the people in the area close to Yerushalayim, one, uh, one day walking distance, uh, that they no longer have to bring it to Yerushalayim because there's no longer point in making it beautiful. Who did that? Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakai. Okay. Um, that was Rav Papa's opinion. Rav Nachman bar Yitzhak opinions. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak Amar, lashon shel zehorit. So actually, the takan of Rav Zakai was the one of lashon shel zehorit. Titania says the writer, barishona you koshrin lashon shel zehorit al petach ulam mibachutz. So in the beginning, they would tie this red string of zehorit. Al zehorit. I think zehorit refers to the red color, and. Uh, they would tie this on the opening of the of the um the op- opening, yeah, the door, the the opening of of ulam of the actual of the hall of mikdash from the outside. In other words, so everyone can see it. And then hilbin, if it turned white, hayu smechim, everyone was happy because hey, Hashem has forgiven us. Lo if it didn't turn white, hayu atzvim, everyone would be sad because oh, he's still angry with us. It's yom kippur. It's not a bad. It's it's a bad sign. So, they didn't want the people to to have this tension, you know, and sometimes they would be let down. So, So, they actually, they changed it and they said, now we're going to tie this from the inside, near the opening of the hechal, but from the inside. So, they they cannot see it, and then they won't be sad if it doesn't turn white, okay? So some people managed to peek inside and, and get a glimpse of, you know, and they saw, oh, it's still red, it's too red. Oh, it's, it's you know, all, uh, all, all hope is lost. You could be trying to imagine what it did to the people when they saw that it didn't turn white. I mean, they were all expecting that, ah. Oh. And both Hashem, I mean, lucky for us today, we don't have that, so we, we just assume that Hashem uh, forgives us, right? But just imagine what was it? What was it like? So Chachamim actually wanted to hide that from the people. Okay, Adana and then they would peek and see, and Hayu So they were happy if it turned white, loyal being They were they were very sad, and that you know they were uh, in a bad mood. Very. So that was not enough. Then they established, okay, we'll do it it differently. So they would take actually the entire one half on the horns of the of the goat that was thrown to Azazel. And uh, the other half on the rock on the top of that cliff. So the only one who saw whether it turned white or not, was the person the, the messenger who took the sair all the way to the desert and and and, and uh, pushed it down to his death? Um, and then no one would see it, and no one be, no one would be sad. Okay, so who who made that takana? Who established that takana? Okay, according to Rav Nachman is Rabbi Yochanan ben That's the one. the 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 Barista does not say which one was it explicitly. Rabbi Nachman says that's the ninth takana of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Zakai. the Gemara is saying, why did each one of them not agree with the other? Why did Rabbi, sorry, the one says Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who says the takana was with the Lashon Shezahorit, Maita amar ki Rav Papa? Why did he not agree with, why did he not say that the ninth takana was the one of the Kerem Revai? Um. Amalach, so the reason why I didn't agree with the Rav Papa is Amalach, Rabban ben Zakkai, if the one who made this enactment was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, remember that story? So Rabbi Lazar had this this uh, kerem, this vineyard, and then he didn't want to step them to Jerusalem because he thought he should have, and then his student says, no, you don't have to because your friends nullify and that's halacha. So wait a minute, if the, if the friends was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, then Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was not his friend, he was his rabbi. Again. Okay? So if that was Yisar Kadatach, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai, if you actually think that was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai with this enactment, de Rabbi Eliezer Was he Rabbi Eliezer's friend? Rabbo Hava, he was his rabbi. Right? So wait a minute. So how could Rav Papa say that it was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai and that the people said to Rabbi Elazar it was your friend who nullified this Takana? So Rav Papa would answer idach, so Rav Papa, the other side, which means Rav Papa, Since they were the student, the people who talking to Rabbi Lazar were his students. And it's not appropriate for the student to say to the rabbi, Your rabbi said. It's like inappropriate, it's like a bit of a chutzpah. So they would say... Your friends nullified it, because to them, there's no difference uh, between the rabbis and the other rabbis. They're all friends, okay? Just Just like us, sometimes we're talking about, you know, my kids sometimes ask me, who was wiser, who was greater, Rambam or Rashi, you know? says, look, for us, it's like the stars. You know, you see the stars. I don't know which one is, you know, if it's further away, it's higher up, okay? So the students will say, okay, fine. So that's why Rav Papa still understands the way he does. Now, Rav Papa, why did Rav Papa not uh, hold, tell the story of uh, or understand like Rav Nachman that the ninth enactment of, uh, of Rav Yacham ben Zakkai was lashon Shel Zeorit? Amalach isalke da atach Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai. If you actually, oh, oops, okay, we'll we'll just finish this one quickly, okay? Yes. Amale, okay. yeah. Amalach isalke da atach Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai. So you're gonna tell me that the one who who wanted to hide the lashon shir zehorit because then again people would expect it and then it wouldn't turn white and they would be disappointed. The one who did it was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Gemara says, Biimei Yochanan ben Zakkai lashon shel zehorit Was there the whole ritual of the lashon shel zeorit in the days of Rabbi Yochanan? In the days of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai there was no lashon shel zehorit. In other words, the lashon shel zehorit did not turn white at all. So at some point, it it just stopped ever. It never turned white, so there was no disappointment, and there was no point in hiding that because everybody knew it's not going to turn white anymore. Uh whether it was because we're sinful or because we don't merit to have this, um, this you know direct indication from Hashem. Uh so at some point it just stopped, as we'll see. So in the days of Rabbi Yehoshua ben Zakkai, it just not, it just wasn't happening. So it couldn't. So it couldn't be him making this enactment. Because it was pointless it wouldn't you know, because it wouldn 't turn white it wouldn 't turn white anyway, right because the whole just want to make it clear, because the whole enactment was because sometimes it did turn white sometimes it didn 't so people had these expectations, and then when it didn 't they were very sad, but if it never turns white, then there is no tension, there is no expectation, and therefore there is no disappointment so now Digma is just, is just uh, 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 expanding that Vahatanya uh we know that Kosnotav Shel Yu Khan ben Zakai said in the Brahsah, all the years of Rabbi Ahmed Zakai Mey Ave Srim Shana he lived hundred and twenty years. Wow, that's a long time. Memshana Asak Bel forty years he was actually doing business, just so he will be able to actually learn Torah. It's a nice idea. Uh and then he didn't exit. Memshan al Ahmad, and then forty years he learned Torah, that's a long time. And then Mem Shana and then 40 years he taught Torah. So obviously, the, the time when he actually made this enactment had to belong to the last 40 years of his life. Right when he actually taught Torah. Mem Shana Lo Haya Lashon Zehorit Malbin Ela Ma'adim. So the 40 years before the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed. Um, Right, forty years before this pre destruction of Beit Hamikdash, already the Lashon Shazolit would not turn uh, turn white. So, the thirty forty forty last years of last forty years of the Beit Hamikdash, the enactment was no longer relevant. Okay, because again, it it doesn't turn white anyway. So there's nothing to hide okay so that's that too and then another uh, in, in important fact Utnan, and the Mishnah says so the takanot that rabbi yohanan ben zakai did was after the destruction of beta mikdash so let's say it's it's just doesn't work i mean, I mean before the destruction if he was ever, he wasn't able to make any enactment, and even if he was, so he made, in other words, he made an enactment after destruction, take 40 years back, even if the years that he had already taught Torah, 40 years back was in, within the forty last, year, last 40 years of the Beth HaMikdash, when this enactment was not relevant for him to, to make. So how does that work? It doesn't work. That's why it couldn't be Rabbi Yocham ben Zakkai. So what would Rabbi Nachman Baritzchak say? Says, Look, Otam So the forty years before that, so when the Lashon of Shlizori did turn white sometimes, so these were the forty years of Rabbi Yehoshua sitting and learning. So how do we say that he actually made this enactment? The truth is, these were Otam Shanah Shana Lamad. That he studied, Talmid Yoshev Liflein Rabo Haba. He was a student sitting before his rabbi, learning to from his rabbi. Ve'amar milta, the ve And he said something before his rabbi. And the rabbi liked what he said. He says, you know what, that's a good point. And he made that into an enactment. And then the rabbi was humble enough. the rabbi To establish De'istakana in the name of his own Talmud okay and that's why it's it's named that it's it's named after him and that's it for today good night guys Thank thank you thank you